The following is a Tony Lasano podcast, an OPI production on Radio Misfits Podcast Network. This is the Car Guys Report, Informed Automotive. Thanks so much for taking us along for the ride today on the uh, Car Guys Report, Informed Automotive. I'm Mark Verdon. My co-host, uh, Lou Costable, as we say in the business, is on assignment. Uh, Lou is uh, spending a few weeks out in uh, Arizona and Pennsylvania, and he's got the lofty aspiration of uh, taping up to 80 different cars for his uh, YouTube channel, My Car Story with Lou, and we'll sure have uh, plenty to talk about when Lou returns from his trip, and uh, that means that you're just stuck with me for a couple couple of episodes here on the uh, Car Guys Report, but we've got a lot of stuff planned. We've got a couple of solo episodes with yours truly, and uh, we've got another special guest, too. We had a special guest last time uh, with Lou's uh, absence, and we'll have another one coming up a little bit later on as well. So I hope you uh, enjoy uh, these uh, additional episodes of the uh, Car Guys Report, Informed Automotive, right here on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. What we like to do on this show is uh, we always like to talk about our own cars and things that have been happening with uh, our collections, so to speak. And I had some interesting uh, excitement, I guess you'd call it, with my 1958 Impala recently. And I think I get the Idiot of the Year Award for running out of gas twice in a three-week period. Uh, If you recall from an earlier episode of the Car Guys Report, I was talking about my uh, 1992 Corvette C4 that I purchased recently, and I uh, managed to run out of gas with that car right in front of my house. But uh, it's not exactly my fault because, A, I'm not entirely used to driving that car yet. I don't know all the little idiosyncrasies of that car yet. And the uh, range gauge, the miles till empty on the uh, computer readout in the dashboard was uh, giving me different readings. I should have had at least 30 miles in the tank, and it certainly uh, was not the case. So that's what happened with the uh, Corvette, of course, a little while back. But uh, the Impala, I know that the uh, gas gauge on that car is not the most accurate. It's pretty much an approximation of how much fuel you have left in the uh, tank. And I knew that the last time I had driven that vehicle that I would be needing gas the next time that I took it out and I was on my way to the gas station and literally I was not even half a mile away when uh, the car died out at uh, a stoplight and luckily I was the first car in the uh, uh, line for the uh, stoplight at the intersection and it just wouldn't uh, start up so I'm like what's going on here because I I was thinking I couldn't be out of gas yet but Uh, That was the first thing I thought, well, maybe it is. So I managed, luckily, to uh, get it pushed off to the side of the road. There was an ample shoulder there. And uh, it's a good thing, too, because uh, being a 1958 uh, automobile, it does not have hazard flashers on it. And it was on a road that uh, had a 45-mile-an-hour speed limit. So it's pretty scary when you're sitting in a car and you're disabled and you have no hazard flashers and there's a bunch of people uh, driving left and right around to get around you and uh, they're going 45, 50, 55 miles an hour and luckily nothing happened. But uh, I was able to get it uh, pushed off to the side of the road and I gave one of my car buddies a call who, again, happened to live only a couple blocks away, luckily. He came over with uh, a couple of gallons of gas. We put it in the tank, car started right up and he followed me to the gas station to make sure that 
uh, the car was fine, and it was up until that point. So no, the story does not end yet. Uh, I tanked up the uh, Impala, and on the way uh, home, because I was bringing the car home because I had a car show to go to the next day that I was obviously going to drive the Impala to. So about three or four miles from home, my uh, oil pressure light starts going on and off. And I'm like, what the heck is going on here? Uh, It was basically coming on at idle, which doesn't uh, totally freak me out because the car is only turning, you know, maybe six, eight, nine hundred RPM. So it's not under load. And the light was going off. Uh, once the revs built up uh, enough oil pressure in the engine and there was no like weird smoke or weird noises or flames or nothing like that coming out uh, underneath the car or uh, under the hood or anything like that. But I just drove it gently home and uh, parked it on the driveway and looked underneath it. And what had happened was I had had the oil changed uh, about two weeks prior to this incident and I had not driven the car since that oil change. And when I backed the car out of um, the car guy's warehouse, the um, there was no oil or anything on the on the ground, so there was nothing that was leaking. Uh, so I, and obviously the oil pressure light was staying off, so everything seemed fine. But apparently uh, there was a problem once the oil got up to you know enough operating temperature, two hundred degrees or whatever. Uh, the oil filter housing gasket the uh, 58 uh, impala has a cartridge oil filter with uh, you know metal housing that you slide the cartridge into then there's a gasket that fits on the end cap and apparently something happened with that gasket i don't know if it was not installed correctly or if it somehow just wasn't made properly or whatever but that was where the cause of the leakage was so long story short as they say i got the uh, car towed the next day back to the place that did the oil change they took care of everything uh, there was about two and a half quarts left in the crankcase, so there was no uh, engine damage. I've had the car out since then, running it at speed, 55, 60 miles an hour. Everything's nice and tight. There's no oil leakage, no smoke, no noise. So luckily, uh, things have been uh, taken care of from that standpoint. But uh, just a you know one of those trials and tribulations of uh, owning uh, classic cars and collector cars. You just never know what might happen to them. But like I said, I will take full responsibility for uh, running out of gas with the Impala, and luckily nothing uh, bad happened uh, from that incident. And definitely going to make sure that I keep enough gas in the tank, uh, no matter what the uh, fuel gauge uh, reads. I'm Mark Vernon. Thanks so much for uh, joining us here on the Car Guys Report. I'm doing this so uh, show solo as my co-host Luke Costable is uh, on assignment in Arizona for a little bit, uh, taking care of some of his My Car Story with Lou videos, and we're totally excited to uh, talk about that when he gets back. Also, our executive producer, Tony Lasano. Uh, I don't know if you've been aware of uh, the scooter phenomenon that is happening in major cities throughout the United States. There's a bunch of uh, different uh, companies that are renting the small electric scooters that uh, you use an app on your smartphone to unlock the scooter and then you get charged, I don't know how much it is, per mile or per minute or whatever when you ride them. And then you just basically when you're done you just kind of 
throw them off to the side of the road and they go around and whoever wants to rent it again can just pick it up there and use the app on their smartphone. And the city of Chicago has launched a, a pilot program with 10 different companies for uh, these electric scooters and seeing how they're going to work out. So if you bump in, into a guy or a guy plows into you on the sidewalk in an electric scooter and he's got a big smile on his face and he's laughing, that just might be Tony Lasano. So if that happens, make sure you say hi to Tony and thank him for helping us out here on the Car Guys Report Informed Automotive. You're listening to this on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. Another thing that uh, we do on the Car Guys Report is uh, talk about cars that we see uh, driving around the uh, uh, streets when we're out running errands because you never know what you're going to see on the road as you're driving around. And uh, one uh, vehicle that I saw a few weeks ago was a beauty. Uh, It was an original, uh, it looked to be an all original uh, Land Cruiser, either late 60s or early 70s. And it was just a nice, clean car in uh, light blue. You know, it had that perfect uh, amount of patina on it. And it just really looked uh, looked good. And it's always a pleasure to see those. And again, we talk about this a lot on the uh, program as well. Uh, that's another uh, car that is definitely uh, going up in uh, value uh, as people are uh, wanting these uh, old, uh, original, rugged SUVs. And, of course, the Toyota Land Cruiser along with the... Uh, Uh, Range Rover, Land Rover uh, vehicles are pretty much the granddaddy of uh, the SUVs, and people are just really glomming onto those lately. Be sure to tell a friend about what you uh, hear on the Car Guys Report Informed Automotive. We certainly like having you listen to our podcast, and you can tell them, hey, where do I find that podcast? Well, it's available online at radiomisfits.com. You can follow us on Twitter at Car Guys Podcast. And uh, please email us, too. We'd uh, love to uh, hear your comments, your uh, suggestions, your thoughts about what uh, we have to uh, talk about here on the Car Guys Report. Your, our email address is Car Guys Report. How about that? Car Guys Report at Hotmail.com. We'd love to uh, get some uh, input and uh, comments on the uh, show via email. So please uh, take a couple of minutes to uh, do that when you have a chance. Uh, listeners of the program obviously know that uh, I am kind of a big Mercedes-Benz fan. I own uh, one Mercedes-Benz, an E550 coupe that has a gorgeous two uh, twin-turbo V8 in it, rated about uh, 402 horsepower and 443 pound-feet of torque, and slotted into the E-Class coupe body, Uh, That was one of the only uh, Mercedes-Benz models that was not offered as an AMG, which is, of course, uh, Mercedes' uh, performance division. So I had to try to uh, get it as close to an AMG as possible. And AMG always doing amazing things for the Mercedes brand. Uh, They have their smaller uh, A-class cars, and they have developed an even more powerful 2-liter 4-cylinder recently, and this is just uh, just blows my mind. It's a two liter engine, which means it's roughly 120 cubic inches because there's 60 cubic inches per liter, and it's going to be featured in their upcoming 45 model range. And in its most potent form, it's the S form, of course. It's going to develop 415 horsepower. Now that's out of a two liter displacement, and uh, at 415 horsepower, it's also going to uh, deliver 469 
pound-feet of torque. In standard guys, the engine will produce 382 horsepower and 354 pound-feet of torque. And one thing to keep in mind, uh, a lot of the German manufacturers, mainly uh, Mercedes and BMW, uh, I don't know if they do this on purpose to play it safe, but they tend to underrate their uh, horsepower on their engines by a factor of maybe 5 to almost 10% because a lot of people end up dynoing their cars and they're realizing they're getting much more power than the factory rating, which is fine because it's always good to get more than less. So if you add maybe 5 to 10% to that 415 horsepower, you're closing in on the uh, 450 horsepower range, which is just amazing. And then I always like to do this. I always like to say, okay, if they make this engine as a 2-liter 4-cylinder, then how about... Uh, putting two of them together and making another four liter v8 which obviously mercedes amg already does but this one if they did it and it's not this easy but it's just fun to talk about if they took two of these two liter four cylinder amg uh engines rated at 415 horsepower you'd be talking about 830 horsepower out of a four liter v8 and then you add another <laughs> five or ten percent onto that it's just insane the thinking that they're able to do that but it's amazing and you got to really hand it to uh, AMG to uh, be able to design and engineer and actually produce um, a product like that that's producing that amount of power um, out of such a small displacement. Uh, AMG says that instead of uh, developing most of its uh, power down low, it's going to generate its peak torque at 5,200 RPM. And they say the strongest surge will develop uh, from 3,000 RPM. So it'll have that kind of like a mid-range punch that uh, a smaller turbocharged engine will have. And it's going to be really interesting to see what kind of performance figures uh, the testers get out of that when the car uh, will arrive for, I believe, 2020. Uh, other features of this engine are larger exhaust valves and valve seats, obviously, a redesigned uh, water jacket, oil, water, and air chilling for the turbo, and separate coolant plumbing for the cylinder head and cil cylinder block to allow for more efficient and protective control of under bonnet temperatures or under hood temperatures. And of course, you know, this thing's going to generate a hell of a lot of heat. So that's why they're doing all those things. And it's going to have an electrically controlled water pump and the head will have Camtronic variable inlet and exhaust valve control and dual fuel injectors per cylinder. And we're going to be actually talking a little bit about in another episode coming up on the Car Guys Report that um, we'll talk a little bit more about the actual car uh, model that this new uh, Mercedes AMG uh, four-cylinder uh, two-liter engine will be going into. But definitely something that I'm excited about to see what kind of... Uh, actual real world real world performance features that they're going to get out of that engine okay we're going to take a quick break here we'll be right back hi i'm howard sudbury i'm steve baskerville on the next back to you a communications expert is going to try to teach steve and i how to communicate and he says one important thing you better answer and what? every audience wants to know what's in it for me all right that's on the next back to you on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. This is Minutia Men with Rick and Dave. On this week's Minutia Men with Rick and Dave. Don't forget to take that selfie while you're running with the bulls. Brothers who fight more than your kids do. Russian Orthodox Church. 
Bless his nuclear warheads. Big Jeff Pfeffer's heifer Heather left a leather sweater. <laughs> Rick's brush with celebrity Dennis D. Young. And we interview Paul Calderon, who has Pulp Fiction and Boardwalk Walking Empire Dead. and many other Big shows. Uh, all that in unlimited tangents on this week's Minutia Men. The Tony Lasano Podcast, an OPI production on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. Radiomisfits.com. And we're back. We talked in a uh, prior episode about uh, the use of nitrogen in your tires, whether uh, it was a, a good thing or if it's a, just a waste of money. I was on the uh, side of it's not worth the extra five bucks per tire to put nitrogen in, pure nitrogen, because the air that you put into a regular tire is already like 78% nitrogen anyway. And my co-host Lou was saying, no, I've got nitrogen in my tires and they work great and I've never had to check the tire pressure and things like that. So it was a good point counterpoint here on the uh, car guys report and michelin one of the uh, biggest tire manufacturers in the world this is something that i think uh most car manufacturers have been uh, chasing kind of the holy grail of uh tire manufacturing is a puncture proof or airless tire that is actually uh worth uh, producing and, and practical for road use. Of course, we've had run-flat tires for a while, which allows a car, if it gets a flat tire, to run without air or reduced air pressure for up to like 50 or 60 miles without having the tire get destroyed. Uh, the idea behind that being that it's um, enough to get you to a, a service station to get your tire taken care of and you're you're, you don't have to mess around with putting a spare tire on. But uh, run flats are also very expensive, and they kind of have a rough ride to them as well. A lot of people don't like the way they ride. But Michelin has introduced a prototype. Now, it's a prototype, of course, but they're calling it a puncture-proof tire system. And this tire has no traditional sidewall and carries the vehicle's load courtesy of a newly developed fiberglass material. The sidewall in this tire kind of looks like it has a bunch of little like veins running horizontally around the um, uh, edge of the what would be traditionally the sidewall on the tire. And they're calling it Uptis for Unique Puncture-Proof Tire System. And it'll be tested first on the uh, Chevy Bolt uh, EV, uh, on roads in Michigan, and they're saying that um, Michelin uh, may be able to make this uh, tire commercially available on passenger vehicles as early as 2024. So we'll have to see what happens there. But they do look kind of weird uh, with that weird uh, sidewall. So I don't know if that would uh, be a turnoff for people, uh, you know, putting those on their cars or not. But uh, hats off to Michelin for continuing to uh, push the uh, boundaries of tire technology here in the uh, 21st century i'm mark vernon you are listening to the car guys report informed automotive luke Hostable away on uh, assignment in arizona for a few weeks but he'll be back and we'll have plenty to talk about when he gets back but still of course plenty to talk about here on the car guys report with yours truly another feature that we do regularly on this uh, podcast is uh, taking a look at uh, cars that have uh, either come up for sale or have actually sold and i always kind of like to call them well sold or well bought a well bought car would be a car that uh, i think somebody got a pretty good deal on through a uh, usually through an auction or a well-sold car, and we'll have a couple of those to talk about in uh, future episodes, where I think the seller did well, and perhaps the buyer um, got a little uh, carried away and probably paid a bit too much for a vehicle. But this is a well-bought car, 
courtesy of Bring a Trailer. If you've never been to Bring a Trailer, you can uh, check them out online at bringatrailer.com. It's a great auction site. Lots of very, very cool vehicles on there. And this is a great example of one. It's a 1988 Chevy Corvette, so it's a C4, uh, a few years earlier than the one I have. Uh, But an 88 uh, Corvette, and it's a, a Callaway twin turbo. And Callaway is an aftermarket uh, tuner with uh, Corvette and Chevy, and mainly Corvettes. And I believe they work in tandem or maybe separately, but they basically do the modifications when you get a Callaway vehicle that's been modified. It doesn't necessarily void your factory warranty or they give you a good enough warranty on top of it. So you're pretty well protected. They're very well engineered and very well thought out uh, product um, modifications. But this one, an 88 uh, Corvette Callaway twin turbo had a four speed on it, 67,000 miles, which isn't too bad for uh, the year in 88. So it's about 31 years old. And they only made 125 of these in 1988. This one was number 12 of 125 dark red metallic over saddle interior, uh, a clean Carfax report, which is nice, especially for a car like that. A handful of uh, new items, uh, radiator, custom exhaust, things like that. Cranking out 476 horsepower and a, a very nice uh, torque figure, 607 pound-feet of torque out of this twin-turbo uh, Callaway Corvette. And you're saying, well, come on, Vernon, get to the price. Okay, I will. Uh, this one sold recently on Bring a Trailer for... $21,000, which I think is a pretty damn good uh, result for the buyer. Uh, twenty-one grand for a Callaway uh, twin-turbo Corvette. Um, I'm not sure how much this car would have uh, retailed for when it was new, but a heck of a lot more than um, twenty-one grand. So that was definitely a well-bought car on bringatrailer.com. If you like what we do here on this podcast, we call it the Car Guys Report, Informed Automotive, then make sure to check out some of the other programs that are available on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. You can uh, listen to Minutia Men. It's an OPI show by day. Rick Kempfer and Dave Stern are consumers of worthless information, and I've known uh, Rick and Dave for many, many years, and I will concur. Each week, they share their newest worthless information on their podcast. They call it Minutia Men. It's only on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. Great talk radio isn't dead. It just moved to a better place. Check it out on radiomisfits.com. We talk a lot about uh, cars that uh, will eventually, hopefully, fingers crossed, uh, turn into a uh, good investment, uh, something that will appreciate in value. I think uh, every car guy is hoping that something uh, he drives or she drives, if it's a car gal, too, there's certainly enough women out there that are into cars, um, that they hope that the uh, a car that they're either looking at or buying or own right now might be worth a lot of money in the future and recently road and track came out with a list of what they feel could be 10 future classics and i would have to say that um i agree with uh, pretty much uh every car on this list um i'm not real familiar with one or two of them but i would say that uh a lot of these cars sound pretty good uh camaro z28 uh the current uh iteration i believe that they're talking about unless it's the older z28s because i've seen those are already um taking a lot of money but this would be the newer ones i believe i would agree that's probably pretty fair the bmw one series uh 
M version, uh, which is now called the 2 Series. That's a car that's been getting uh, great reviews, and I could see that being a future classic. The Chevy SS, which was the rebranded Holden from Australia, uh, sedan that had the uh, LS uh, V8 in it with a, a five or six speed, probably a manual transmission cranking out uh, well over 400 horsepower. And it's funny because when you see those uh, Chevy SS's at the uh, car shows, uh, a lot of people are buying the Holden badges and rebadging them as, as the Holden, which is really what it is. Holden was a uh, is the uh, kind of Chevy division down in Australia. So I would agree with the Chevy SS because they only made that for a few years anyway. They recently discontinued it. The Honda S2000, which is a car that we've talked about here on the Car Guys Report before as up incoming in value and that has a i believe that had a two liter engine in it too that's why it's s2000 and and that was kicking out something like 240 horsepower naturally aspirated when it came out and uh those cars are definitely uh very cool very desirable uh good looking cars and that would definitely be uh i i think a good choice for a future classic as uh made this list a Cayman GT4 or a Boxster Spider. Uh, those are somewhat limited production uh, in the uh, Cayman Boxster uh, sphere, but I think that's a pretty good uh, bet. The L- uh, Lexus LFA uh, definitely is going to be a future classic if it's, it isn't already, but you need very, very deep pockets. That's that uh, supercar that Lexus brought out a number of years ago with a um, V10 in it, and I've actually seen uh, that car in person, and it is absolutely drop dead gorgeous and the sound that the thing makes is just unbelievable and it's already you know four or five hundred thousand dollar car i think if you can find one but definitely that'll be a future classic uh one of lou's favorite cars one that he drives and if he was here he would be concurring with me i can see him nodding to me across the table if he was here is the dodge viper of course uh could be a, is a definitely candidate for a future classic the uh, lotus evora and another car that I always uh, definitely agree with was the uh, Cadillac CTS V Wagon. The uh, V Series in the CTS lineup uh, was carrying that uh, 550 horsepower uh, supercharged V8. And a lot of them were, I believe the wagons were probably all-wheel drive uh, in the V configuration. And they only, again, they only made those for several years. And it was the CTS chassis, but made into a, a modern uh, wagon with 550 horsepower and just a really, really cool look to it. And I've always thought that that car was a car that will definitely be worth some money in the future. And again, if you can find one and find one at the right price uh, in good shape, then that's that's the big question there. But definitely something to keep uh, your eyes out for. And the last uh, uh, car on the list is a car that's close to my heart, and I'm still waiting for the damn thing to go up in value. Um but they keep saying it will is the Aston Martin uh, V12 uh, Vantage with the six speed. And that's the exact car that I own. I have a DB7 Vantage with the V12, obviously, and the six speed manual transmission. And that's the one they're saying is the uh, pick to click, uh, so to speak. And we'll see what happens uh, with the values on that. Because right now the, the, the V12 Vantages are selling, you know, 30 35 grand range and uh, the six speeds just don't come up that often so that's the the thing that it's hard to peg an accurate price but we'll also have a story coming up on um the future episode of the car guys report about uh, aston martin being able to uh, convert some of their cars at the factory 
to a six-speed from an automatic. You just have to uh, spend a lot of money and get the car shipped over to England, but we will be talking about that a little bit later on in a different episode. But that's uh, a top 10 future classics, or not top 10, but 10 future classics, courtesy of uh, Road and Track, and a pretty good list there, and definitely uh, cars that uh, I pretty much agree with on that list and feel pretty good about uh, their thoughts uh, in relation to whether those cars will truly become classics or not. And speaking of classics, of course, Porsche makes uh, incredible cars. And the uh, considered the oldest surviving Porsche is recently um, going to be going up for auction pretty soon. And it was um, RMB Sotheby's is uh, calling it the most significant surviving piece of Porsche engineering and design history. It's a, a Type 64, which uh, Ferdinand Porsche designed for a 1,500-kilometer race between Berlin and Rome, planned in uh, September 1939. And it was based on the uh, Porsche-designed Volkswagen Beetle, uh, known then as the KDF wagon, but fit with a streamlined aluminum body panels and a hotter, get this, a hotter, all 32 horsepower coming out of the flat four. And the car looks kind of like a tank. It's got uh, fender skirts front and rear, uh, kind of a pod uh where passenger compartment, a pod-looking uh, passenger compartment, totally funky car, especially considering it was coming out in 1939. It's very futuristic and very kind of space age uh, for back then. They only built one, and um, this car has uh, come up. Uh, it's going to be auctioned off, and it's expected to be uh, fetching in the $20 million range. It's totally original. It comes with a number of spare parts, and they're saying it could be the most expensive Porsche ever uh, to be sold uh, anywhere, especially at auction. Uh, the one to beat is a, a 917K that was used in the film Le Mans. That fetched $14 million at auction in 2017. So we'll see what the Type 62, uh, excuse me, Type 64 number three, they made three of them, and this is the only surviving one. We'll see if it hits that uh, or eclipses that uh, $20 million mark uh, later on. And we'll uh, try to do a follow-up with that once the uh, the uh, final uh, hammer has fallen on that uh, auction. You are listening to the Car Guys Report, Informed Automotive. I'm Mark Vernon. You can uh, check us out. You can find us pretty much anywhere. You can always head over to radiomisfits.com. Check us out there. You can also subscribe to the Car Guys Report on Spotify, iHeart, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, and TuneIn. Just search for Radio Misfits, and when you subscribe, you'll get a push notification that lets you know that there's a new program ready to listen to about the Car Guys Report, and we'd love to also have you rate us, too. Please uh, take a moment or two to uh, let people know what you think of the Car Guys Report when you uh, head on over to any of those sites and uh, subscribe. We'd uh, certainly appreciate it. And uh, thanks so much for listening to the Car Guys Report, Informed Automotive. Lou, of course, like I mentioned, is uh, off uh, collecting more videos for his uh uh, popular YouTube channel. We always like to uh, talk a little bit about that here on the program as well. Lou uh, runs a very successful uh, YouTube channel called My Car Story with Lou, and he's got uh, over 1,300 videos on the uh, channel. He's got over 56,000 subscribers, and it's definitely worth a stop in to check out uh, all the things that he does. And, and like I said at the top of the program, he's hoping to uh, get about 80 
uh, more cars uh, videotaped and uh, put together that will be appearing uh, soon enough on My Car Story with Lou, so you can always check that out. Coming up on the next episode of the Car Guys Report, Informed Automotive, my solo flight will continue while Lou is away, but as always, more great car stories, including, like I alluded to a few moments ago, how to get a six-speed manual in your Aston Martin Vanquish. We'll talk about that and more on the next uh, episode of the Car Guys Report, Informed Automotive. Thanks so much for listening. We'd like to say special thanks to executive producer Tony Lasano with opishows.com. Opie, if you wondered, is hippo spelled backwards, O-P-P-I-H shows.com. It's distributed by Ed Silha, and it's available on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. The proceeding was a presentation of Opi Productions. Find our other great shows wherever you find podcasts, including opishows.com. Thank you. This has been a presentation of Opi Productions. Tony, can you shut up? Be sure to tune in to Free Kicks with Adam and Rick. Our podcast highlights the best soccer league in the world. The English Premier League. We recap the previous week's games. And preview the upcoming games. I do it from an American point of view. And I do it as an authentic Brit. Accent and all. That's authentic. Right, Governor? Not exactly how I say it. (laughs) We also talk about the local soccer scene because Adam is the Illinois Youth Director of Coaching. If you love soccer. Football. Football. Tune in to Free Kicks. New episodes drop weekly. On the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. Hey, this is Tony Lozano, and if you like podcasts, well, I'm the guy that you want to meet. Well, maybe, but I do have my own called Nude Hippo, the podcast, and I do it with uh, many members of and friends, uh, including Kimmy. Hello. We feature some of the coolest guests like... Ryan Cheverini, Ginger Z, Mr. Skin, Tom Dreesen, and so many more. These are like milestone interviews. They're timeless. So this way, you could pick it up at any point. I suggest you start from the beginning. Nude Hippo, the podcast, and Opie Show. Great Talk Radio isn't dead. It just moved to a better place. Radiomisfits.com. <laughs> Coming up on the next episode of the Car Guys Report, Informed Automotive, creating a car that Aston Martin never made, plus a true family truckster sells for big money. I'm Mark Vernon. Join me for these stories and more on the Car Guys Report, a Tony Lasano podcast, an OPI production on the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. In this episode of And Friends, I'd like to describe it in one word chicken that's that's the most fitting word we we do describe chicken a lot yeah we talk about chicken a ton we go into a lot of other things talking about chicken and we get hungry but we also get into our feels because tommy you bring us out with crying yeah we cry at the end everyone cries if you want to listen to us cry check out and friends on radiomisfits.com and opi production come and join us be our friend